Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, it's Monday after the greatest week one of finals that we've seen. Heroes and villains will be in abundance. Cannot wait to hear yours and Matt Rendell will preview all the finals as well. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. Uh, the Maccas run was the last show, uh, I think I said at the end of the Maccas run, uh, which we did all for Maccas, score a one-in-four chance to win with a monopoly game at Maccas, that coming up was the Maccas run. No, that was the Maccas run. This is the Sporting Capital, and Matt Rendell will be here to review the first, uh, the week one games of finals, and we will preview uh, week two as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. of course, to get involved in the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts at any point. You can text in. On the temper, 40 winks text, consumer choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Uh, heroes and villains in just a moment. And then Matt Rendell after 7.30. Get involved at any point, though. We'd love to hear from you. And I've got a little analogy that I'd like to make about the score review system uh, as well. A couple little bits and pieces making news. Um, Andy Ma uh, was in complete shock a little earlier today when it was um, revealed that Liam Stocker, uh, who Carlton gave away uh, a first-round selection in the following season so it could get back into the draft, gave that pick away to Adelaide, uh, returned back into the draft to get Liam Stocker to partner with Sam Walsh when they took him in the 2018 draft. So from that deal and the picks involved, this trade, if go on to just Google Liam Stocker trade. Cal Toomey and Riley Beveridge have written the most incredible story about this last year. There are 18 trades that have come off the back of that. 32 players ended up being involved and counting because of the picks that changed hands from that. So from the article, from there that deal and the picks involved in that deal have taken a life of their own and have spread across the competition. A total 18 trades in two years have been completed as a result, helping 32 players arrive at their current club. I can't go through them all because we don't have enough time, but it is well worth a read, afl.com.au. Anyway, I digress. Liam Stocker, after all that, uh, has unfortunately been delisted by Carlton. Will Hayes, the same. Curtis Taylor, uh, he was a really bright light, a shining light for North Melbourne this year. Very excited for the future of Curtis Taylor. He's extended um, to be at uh, North Melbourne until the end of uh, 2024. 
Actually, Curtis Taylor is a very good player, and he did have an improved season this year. I'm thinking of Paul Curtis, aren't I? Yep. But Curtis Taylor is a very good player, had a good year, and showed great improvement, I thought, this season, and well done to him for getting a new contract. Uh, scans have confirmed that a C joint sprain for Jordan to go. He didn't train today, but is still expected to be able to face Fremantle on Saturday. Uh, according to reports, Richmond officials have met with Jacob Hopper as he weighs up his future. He's under contract to the end of next year, but... Um, widely reported to want out uh, of New South Wales and return back to Victoria. So after the news on the weekend that Richmond are believed to have offered a seven-year deal to his teammate Tim Taranto, could they jag both? Um, that would keep them right in finals hunt and, and top four contention, you would think. Don't know what's going to happen with Dusty Martin. Trent Cotchin, we think, will go around again, but that does set them up really nicely. Um, coming forward if they were to get both of those two highly talented players. Uh, Port Adelaide apparently getting a little closer to landing Willie Rioli, the Eagles small forward undergoing a medical at the club. That would be a great get. Matt Rendell spoke to us last week about the fact that Port Adelaide, for all the damage and all the good that they got out and all the return that they got from their small forwards last year, they didn't get it this year um, for a variety of different reasons. Uh, Fantasia couldn't get out on the park. Motlock was in and out and now retired. Uh, they moved some other players up the ground. Uh, Jake Collajazny has apparently avoided serious knee injury and could be right to go for a, for the prelim. Uh, Gary Ayres medal. Um, the coaches vote on this uh, as well. I reckon this goes under the radar a little, this award. But if you are voted by the coaches as the best finals player, that is a massive feather uh, in the cap. The votes from uh, round one of the finals, or week one of the finals, Lockie Neal got the perfect 10. Why wouldn't you? 39 disposals, 15 clearances, 9 score involvements, an equal game high. And four of those were directly from centre clearances, as David King told us this morning with Jared Waitley in the means test. Hugh McCluggy's got seven. Zach Bailey got four. Brandon Stasevich only got the three. Brandon Stasevich only got three votes, Jordan. The, the, the widely considered to be the most uh, one of the most damaging and dangerous players in the game, Shea Bolton. He's considered a top five player in the comp these days. Three disposals after half time, courtesy of Brandon Stasevich, and he only managed the three votes. Goodness me. Nick Vlosten got two. Daniel McStay got two. He had a brilliant game. When he got moved into the ruck when Oscar McInerney went down, I thought he looked really jittery early. Gave away a couple of just basic handball errors. Coughed up a lot of footy. Uh, ended up with, I think he had eight score involvements himself, Dan McStay. And if you go and have a look at uh, his numbers, he had five inside 50s as well. So he played a brilliant game. If you were Collingwood and you were starting to have doubts, geez, why are we bringing this guy to the club? Well, look what he was able to do in a moment's notice. Go into the ruck, mate, and, and just go up against a bloke who, yep, Nankervis got a ton of clearances, but did they really do anything with them? Uh, they were plus seven in clearances, Richmond, and, and plus four in inside 50s, and it didn't help uh, in the end. Dan McStay um, should be really proud of that performance, and I'm sure his team and his club are as well. And apparently four or five weeks ago, Chris Fagan said, just give me your best. We've got finals coming up. I Just give me the best footy you can in whatever time you've got left, if this is it. And he did that. Um, Toby Nankervis got the one. Tom Lynch got the one. I thought Jack Rewalt didn't get a ton of it, but his two last quarter goals, speaking of heroes and villains, threading the needle from tight angles on set shots, were as clutch as it gets. Richmond apparently have offered him reportedly about 300000 to go on next year. Um, I think that is unders, uh, and I think that is a slight... Uh, oh, look, we'd all love to be on that money, but he took a substantial pay cut from all reports to get Tom Lynch to the club, so yeah, I wouldn't be under I wouldn't be undercutting him too much 
um, given that he can still do things like that for you uh, in a final. Uh, anyway, I, I digress, editorialising. Um, Stephen May got the perfect 10 against the Swans. That's interesting. Um, yeah, he was. He, he dominated Bud, but uh, Melbourne still lost the game. Luke Parker got the eight, Rowbottom and Lloyd got three. Lloyd's game was phenomenal. 25 disposal, kicked two goals. He'd only had one for the year, I think, up until then. Clayton Oliver... Um, might just have the cleanest hands in football, I think, Clayton Oliver. Uh, and Callum Mills was brilliant. That was a great battle, him and Oliver head-to-head, uh, Clayton Oliver and Callum Mills. Uh, for the Cats and the Pies, Gary Rowan got nine votes. When he kicked that behind in the first quarter, I thought, oh, no, here it goes again. This is history repeating. This is, uh, you know, um, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. But he had three goals won by the end of the game, four marks inside 50. And, yes, he dropped that mark, but he turned around Ted after it and he'll, and he'll be buying Max Holmes beers for the rest of his life after Max Holmes was, I think, started in defensive 50 to get all the way down the ground and onto the end of that. That was elite gut running. Um, Jordan Degoe, two goals. Um, he had seven, I think, disposals in the final term and almost won it for Collingwood himself. He got the five votes. Scott Pendlebury got five votes. Tom Atkins got the three. Cameron... Jeremy Cameron only got one vote. Selwood got one vote too. Jeremy Cameron got one coach's vote. It was essentially really the difference uh, in the game. Wow. Uh, ten votes for the Dockers and the Dogs. Caleb Sarong got ten. Over 30 disposals, was involved in everything. It was a major reason why they came back in uh, to that game, 41 points down. That was his career best. And, again, reputations, as we know. If your career best game is in a final, especially one where you come back from 41 points down, then, yeah, that is impressive. Uh, Michael Walters had his best game in recent memory. He kicked three goals. Um, he had got seven votes. Marcus Bondemheli had 19 disposals and two goals to half time. Finished with 30 and was well held after that. Um, but he did everything he could. He was mighty for the Bulldogs in the first half, especially. Luke Ryan got the two. Brennan Cox as well. Jack McRae and Josh Dunkley got the, the one vote. So uh, those were the coaches' votes. Um, and if you weren't aware of the AFLW results for the round as well, um, just the uh, the matches over the weekend, um, a few more injuries too, which weren't good. Jade Van Dyke in the game that I did yesterday at Box Hill City Oval looks to possibly have done her knee. Um, in the first quarter, Tamara Luke for the Hawks went down in the first 30 seconds of the game and, and did her knee. Uh, Louise Stevenson, an ankle. So there's a bit of an injury spate going on. A shortened pre-season and a four-month turnaround from the last grand final to this season that might be having an impact. Uh, but the results from the weekend, uh, it's, uh, results from the weekend round two. D's by two points uh, over North Melbourne on Friday night. Saturday, Richmond went down to the Crows by nine points. Another close loss for the Tigers. Uh, Port Adelaide went down by 19 points to the Bulldogs at home. Uh, the Cats, two in a row and are on top of the ladder. A 26-point win over the Dockers, who um, look in all sorts. Um, a couple of years ago, were unlucky not to be the Premiers after COVID ruined the season. Now they um, can barely register a score. So uh, tough days uh, at the Dockers at the minute. Essendon kicked the last three goals of the game to only go down by a point against the Blues. That was a thriller. Uh, the Magpies, a 31-point win over Sydney at Victoria Park. The Giants went down to the Lions by 47 points. It's two 40-plus point wins in a row to start the season for the Brisbane Lions. Um, the Hawks um, just couldn't get it going against an impressive St Kilda side who won by 53 points, their second biggest win in their AFLW history for the Saints. The Suns had a 33-point win and have gone uh, two in a row, I think, uh, over the West Coast. Um, 
by 33 points in the end. Uh, 1-300-736-736-0433-98-11-16. Giants defender Pepper Randall uh, ruptured her ACL and strained the MCL as well. So a little bit going on um, in terms of injuries. Uh, let's get into some heroes and villains, shall we? And then a hero comes along With the strength to carry on And you cast your fears aside Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourt's open line for your heroes uh, and villains. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the Temper Forty Winks text. Consumer choice winner: Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Heroes and villains. So I've already revealed a couple of mine, but Lockie Neal absolutely um, Herculean on Thursday night. Um, you'd throw Dan McStay in there as well. Brandon Stasevich too. Uh, Charlie Cameron did some incredibly clever things. Um, his tap on uh, that got the goal to Eric Hipwood late as well uh, shouldn't go unnoticed. It might be the goal assist of the year that doesn't register a stat. Um, for Richmond, as I mentioned, Jack Rewalt, two clutch goals. Um, that was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, that that set shot kicking when the game was there to be won. Shane Edwards' late tackle could have almost been a match, uh, a match winner. Um, the villains in that game... You're going to have to give a hero nomination to Joe Danaher, but you are going to have to give a villain nomination to Tom Lynch, unfortunately, for not kicking that goal, and you are going to have to give a villain nomination to the five, the five Richmond players who were in the goal square when Joe Danaher kicked that goal to put him in front. Five. Oh, dear. That was not good. Um, Stephen May, hero nomination. Um, I just made a note of how clean Melbourne's hands were in that game, but... Um, Poor Jake Melksham, who I think we've all been barracking for a little bit after whether, you know, I, I know Vance never the answer and all that kind of stuff, but he got back in that side and had been playing really good footy and uh, a couple of crucial misses late. And then what Robbie Fox was able to do in shutting down Jake Melksham and, and, uh, and young Spargo when they made a meal of what should have been a certain goal. But Robbie Fox, that was heroic for him, hero nomination. He should have been first cab off the rank. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, got some help from Dane Rampey late as well, but but that was when you knew that Sydney had it. That was when you knew that Sydney had it uh, in the bag. And James Rowbottom, a uh, hero nomination for him. Tom Papley as well. I just reckon it could have done a lot of things, Sydney, when Buddy was just couldn't get near it. May was dominating him. And then there was that free kick. And I don't think the first one was there, but when you do throw that elbow into the back you, and it gets looked at, technically, technically, it is a free kick. You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to do that. Do you pay it? Don't you? I would have been more than happy for it not to be paid. But if you do shepherd someone off the ball, then that is a fifty. So I agree that the fifty should have been there. So instead of just allowing it, getting there, trying to get their first goal and getting into it, Papley wanted to start the fight, and I reckon him wanting to start the fight started the Swans to fight harder. So I give him a little hero nomination too. Love the way Tommy Papley uh, goes about it. Um, a villain nomination's got to go. <laughs> 
whether you thought that Ginnivan should have got a free kick or not, it was definitely a push in the back, regardless of whether he, uh, regardless of whether he accentuates a contact or not. The rule is you cannot create space with a push in the back. You can't have hands in the back. You can you can protect space. You can't create it. That was space created. I don't care if, if you know how how much you think he threw himself forward, but he can't get a free kick at the moment. Zach Tui, not long after that, had him in a headlock. <laughs> they just had him in a headlock. You can just grab this kid in a headlock, and nothing gets done about it. Um, I, I don't think there's a different set of rules for him, but there is certainly a mindset against him subconsciously because I don't think the umpires have an issue with anybody in the game, but it's a subconscious thing, and I think it has to be addressed. It absolutely has to be addressed. So a couple of heroes and a couple of villains. There's so many more. Michael Frederick, a hero nomination from him. Gary Rowan, a hero nomination. Um, as I mentioned, Max Holmes, a hero nomination for sure. Jeremy Cameron uh, as well. I've mentioned Caleb Sarong. Michael Frederick from the Fremantle game. Um, absolutely huge. And there was just so many heroes, so many villains, and I'd love to hear yours. Michael's in Reservoir. G'day, Mick. How are you, Sammy? I just want to give um, two heroes. Yep. One to that young girl that went up to Taylor Adams after the game. I yes. thought that was fantastic. Thank you. And also yes. um, the um, Collingwood Football Club for allowing that girl to go through the banner with the players before the game. Yeah, it's always a great look when the clubs do that. They do it so well, that stuff, Michael, and it's, it's great that you brought it up. A lot of the clubs do that week in, week out, and we should commend it more because it is a story that they'll be able to tell those kids. It'll be something that they will never, ever forget. Um, and Taylor Adams, by the way, so he's torn the groin off the bone, uh, walking back, and a little girl saw he was uh, feeling a bit flat, held his hand across the road with him. She was there with her dad at the game. He put a shout-out on Twitter to try and find them. That's worked um, good to see Twitter doing something good um, and being used for good. Uh, and then he's been able to find that family and get in touch with them. That is a beautiful story and, and just hero nominations to everybody involved. Uh, Daniel in Willert. G'day, Daniel. Hello, Sammy. What do you got for me? Um, my hero is a uh, 34-year-old. Scott Pendlebury, mate. 35 possessions, nine tackles. Star. Yep. Not doing it at that age. And um, Jordan DeGoe, the highest ranked player in the, all four games of the whole um, first week of the finals. Yeah, brilliant. He was fantastic, DeGoe. That kick that he bit off to get into the corridor late in the game to mount a counter-attack. God, you got to be you got to be elite to, to do that. Um, I reckon it's the best I've seen him play, to be honest. Uh, Jake in Pascoe Vale. G'day, Jake. How are you, Sam? Good, mate. What do you got for me? Well, uh, just thought I'd just say, I think you're a champ, man. Love your show. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you. Um, my hero was the fans for me, mm. if you ask me. That, the crowds were just unreal. Even, even watching on TV, it was just epic. All the games were epic, and it just highlights how good it is to watch footy with crowds, especially the free eye game when they were absolutely losing it when when they just went, when, uh, especially when Michael Wallace kicked that goal in the third quarter to bring it to 10 points and then they got a hole in the ball decision. It was just fantastic to watch. That's what that just makes it a lot a lot better as well. Certainly does, Jake. A great call, mate, 100%. The game is nothing without the fans because the fans create the atmosphere for the game to be played in. Yes, the players put on the game, 
but the fans are in it for a lifetime. And, uh, yeah, they, they make it so much better. Great call. I've got a theory, uh, a comparison I want to make with the score review system after this. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Do you remember the show Unsolved Mysteries? Each week, UFOs are real, we have proof. Bigfoot's real, we have proof. The Loch Ness Monster is real, we have proof. In the Aussie one, the panther around Macedon, Kyneton and Trentham is real, we have proof. The Tassie Tiger is real, it's alive, we have proof. Then you see the proof. It was all grainy, it was on a white background, it all just sort of looked grey, just different shades of grey, it was from such a long way away. It was all pixelated. It looked like they were trying to protect the identity of a witness on TV. They all looked like an inkblot test, really. You couldn't really make out anything. But the weirdo who was on there, and it was always the same bloke, I reckon, was saying, no, no, I swear I saw it. I swear it was there. This is the proof I've got. I had to take the picture in a hurry, but this is it. This is the definitive proof. I reckon these are the guys we've hired to run the Ark, and I reckon they brought their own gear. Umpires call overruled. We've got proof. We've got proof. We've got proof. Then you look at it, you can't make out anything. Makes a Sapruta film look like Ultra HD. Surely we can do better. I am actually more likely to believe in the proof of the UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Tassie Tiger, the Panther, than I am to actually believe the vision that we're using as proof when it comes to the score review. It is the greatest embarrassment in the game, the greatest display of tight arsery. It was Father's Day yesterday. It actually got me thinking about my dad and about a lot of dads. And it seems to me that the AFL are a lot like the dad that refuses to pay full price for anything. There's a bit of the Kerrigan family about it. Hey, we can get a score review system like the David Attenborough uses, slows the wings down. What do they want for it? Uh, tell them they're dreaming. I'll get you. Oh, we'll get a better one. We'll get it. We'll get the guys from Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know if your dad was the same, but my dad was. We could have probably afforded, but you'd go on, we could have afforded a little bit more. But he was poor and then made some money in a business, but still had the mindset of someone who didn't have any money. So you'd say, when it was come time to get new clothes, can I get Rip Girl? Can I get Billabong? You'd get Piping Hot. Can I get Nikes or Reeboks? You'd get Aerosports. Or he'd go to the Epson market and get you the cheap knockoffs. For, for your birthday, can we go to Macca's and get a burger? He'd make you one instead. Can I get a Holden? No, he got, got me a Pintara. Now, I'm not whinging because I'm grateful for all those things, but he could have afforded more but just refused to pay the money. I reckon that's just about every dad. Can we get a pool? What do you need a pool for? Run under the sprinkler. This is what the AFL are. They're just a dad who doesn't want to pay more for what's there, even though they can afford it because they think they might be getting ripped off. Ah, this will do. You don't need all that. We can do better. This is fine. What are you talking about? Come on. Intervention needed. Matt Rendell after this. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Now, the Demons are pretty banged up, so Charlie Spargo might have to play a final without being able to talk. I'm not sure what he's like from a body language perspective, but it looks as though he's not going to have a voice if he's going to play in this game. Cop that elbow to the throat. He was hospitalised uh, on the Friday night after the game. Saw a specialist Saturday morning. He only walked laps at training this morning, so he's got a, a, a bruised larynx, I think it might be, the, the official term. He walked laps with Bailey Fritch, who had scans on his knee. So Bailey Fritch there, very important forward. Dwayne didn't train at all today, just walked laps. Perhaps for him. Um, the same with
with uh, Christian Petraka, actually, for all the concerns about him, he's got the hairline fracture, he's got the significant um, bleeding in the car from that cork. He did train today, and this is just a 20-minute flush mm. run, a really small session on a Monday morning. But he took place and everything, even had a little game of uh, of football, of soccer with his with his teammates. So he, he took part as well, as did Jake Melksham, who had scans on his knee also. So... The Demons are pretty banged up, but they are confident that all of those guys will take part or be available for selection, rather, Dwayne. Tom McDonald is the other one. He played in a practice match on Saturday morning, given Melbourne's VFL team had already won through to a prelim and didn't have a game. Now, he got through. Sounds like, if I'm joining the dots correctly, he's still a fair way off, which is understandable, given he's missed so much footy. But it'll be interesting to see if they make a call on Tom McDonald. Sam Edmund, our chief sports reporter, earlier today on Dwayne's World, um, going through Melbourne's injury list, um, and Brisbane have got some concerns as well. Now, uh, Oscar McInerney will miss the week through concussion. Uh, Overlook midfielder Jared Lyons got through the VFL. Does he come back in? Does Darcy Fort come back in? They'll get Rayner and Answorth back from suspension. So Archie, Wilmot and Robertson uh, with the players bought in. I, I would think that it would probably be uh, Archie and Wilmot, given that they might want Dev Robertson to tag Clayton Oliver. So uh, tough calls there um, for both those teams to make. Um, and when it comes to Collingwood, Jordan Ngoi, they believe, will be fit despite not training today. The AC joint, uh, but he is still expected uh, to play. And uh, from a Fremantle point of view, Joy Amos um, played really well. Kicked two goals, one after missing the first from directly in front from the top of the square. But Matt Taberner got through um, coming back from a calf. Uh, kicked a couple of goals. All their forwards actually played well uh, in the waffle. So there's big decisions. Sam Sturt kicked 4-3 from 13 disposals. They dropped Lloyd Meek um, to make way for Rory Lobb. So there's a bit to go through. So selection is going to be fascinating. And Jake Collar-Jasney should be right for the prelim there, hoping. Um, he was replaced by Mark O'Connor uh, in the final quarter uh, as the medical sub as well. So just a little injury update for you, uh, but it's always a pleasure to speak to this man. And I'd like to get his thoughts, given, with all due respect, Matt Rendell, you've been around a little bit longer than me, just uh, one or two years. Is that <laughs> is that the best week one of finals that you can remember seeing? Uh, I was talking to someone about it on the weekend, Sam, and the only one I could think of and uh, a little bit before your time was, I think it was 93. 94? And I, there was 94. It was when there was a draw at Waverley and they yeah, went over the time. North, yeah, was North, and I reckon the final series was a cracker that yeah. year. Was that 93 or 94? It was 94. I was when 13, but I still draw. remember it. Yeah, okay. yep. Um, that's the only one. But, oh, it was magnificent, the whole... Like you couldn't take your eyes off it. It it mirrored what happened during the season. Um, I, I said on SENSA, I do a little thing on Wednesdays, you know, Sammy with uh, Kimbo and Rucci, and I said at the start of the year before the ball had been bounced that <clears throat> I had a feeling it was going to be the best year in my lifetime of footy, and uh, it hasn't. Uh, nothing's happened that has swayed me away from that. I think it's been. The best year of footy I've uh, I've seen in my in my lifetime was 63 years from probably 10 when I started watching. But um, oh, I love that, Matty. And, and do you put it down to what I do, which is the fact that we're, we're 
we're in and coaches are even talking about it. So Craig McRae talks about it. Chris Fagan's spoken about it. There are other clubs that speak about it, that this is an entertainment industry that we're in now. So you actually have to want oh, you've got to you've finally. got you, you've got to you've got to want to score. Finally. You've got to want to play to win, not play not to lose, which is so, what we were doing. So the Swans get Don Pike in and that fixes their ball movement. Craig McRae's made Collingwood one of the most attacking and relentless Ooh. running sides in the competition. They just know one speed. Pressure. Um, pressure as well. Uh, even Geelong now. Chris got dragged kicking it kicking and screaming into that, but they now go forward and, and, and <laughs> forward, forward, forward and, and, and attack, attack, attack. Just brilliant to watch. I mean, it, it is just a roll. Uh, it's so a rollicking good time. So five years prior to Richmond winning in 17, uh, it was the most boring footy I've ever seen <laughs> in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, it was horrific to watch. Uh, I was really down on all the coaches. Just They were like sheep, just following each other. You know, the old adage, oh, defence wins premierships. Well, you know, only one team wins a premiership. So Chris Fagan got to um, to Brisbane, and the first thing he did, he said, was we're in the entertainment business. Yep. We need people to come through the gate. We've got a lot of competition here. Uh, but Richmond was the one that started it, basically. Mm. Um, I know that Damien Hardwick went to America and spoke to a lot of coaches, mainly in college footy there, and spoke and spoke to him, came back and, and got in front of all these players and said, I want to apologise to everyone here. Um, I've made a, a very simple game extremely difficult. Uh, we're going back to the simple game, and it was the run and gun, surge, take the game on, enjoy it. You know, you, those visions mm. of blokes cracking jokes at quarter time, three-quarter time in tight yeah. games, they made it a very, very happy place to play your football. And the thing that shocked me was how long it took for the other clubs to get on, you know, get with the program. Mm. And it took them a long while. Like, Collingwood couldn't get under Buckley. It, it, it just didn't compute for him uh, at Collingwood. He lost his job because of it. Uh, but they slowly, Essendon did it last year, couldn't replicate it this year. Uh, G.G. Lewis had a bit of it, you know, with the, the tsunami, the orange tsunami. and uh, But virtually now everyone's got with the program. The last club to get with the program was Geelong. And I, and I used to be on Dwayne's World and I used to uh, go on with Maybe Freo at times. They Maybe Freo a little bit like that at times too. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, they can't win anything playing the way they are Geelong. Mm. And if they didn't change, they wouldn't have won that game late. Because they took that game on late to score mm. that goal. Uh, the the Frio one's a really interesting one because Justin Longley, and this is why this is such an intriguing matchup this week with Collingwood, he set up their defence in 18, uh, controlled their defence, but off that came their great... Off, uh, the, the great defence came their great offence. Mm. So he will know them inside and out. So what he did when he went to Frio, he said, I need to fix up this defence first, which he did. He made them, you know, a little bit on the boring side. But this year, he made some inroads into their into their offence and scoring. Uh, unfortunately, they really haven't got the personnel down there. No Fife, um, no Cabernet, lob hot and cold. Um, you know, they put Logue down there. They really haven't got a gun small forward. Swatowski's been in and out with injury. Um, so... They really haven't got the personnel there, but they've been out of school enough to win games, but their defence has kept them right in it. So uh, everyone's got with the program uh, now that I can see, and um, it's it, it, 
as a spectacle, it's yeah. magnificent we, for us. We are the beneficiaries of it as fans, um, as, yep. as broadcasters. I So when I started calling, my first year of commentary, the first game I did was in 2014. And I'm a little lucky in a lot of ways because that is when you're talking about where there was just so many con- it was just con it was just stoppage after stoppage after stoppage and you had to Ooh. try and find a way to make that interesting. I said to a fellow commentator Ooh. this year that, and and I I speak you might notice at this Maddie that I tend to speak quite quickly. I can speak quite quickly. <laughs> I couldn't keep. I, there's been times this year where I haven't been able to keep up. And and that's never been yeah. the case. So I haven't been calling his footy as long as as a lot of my colleagues. And, but I but I've ne- but but for the, the first time this year so there was a couple of times where I said on. I can't keep up. There's so much going on. Yeah. You know, there's they're flicking around, they're going quick, they're going forward. It's it's been exhilarating. Yeah. And please let it continue. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Into my later years of life. Please let it continue. I love this game. They butchered it up for at least five years, probably longer. Uh, probably go back to the Mickey Malthouse days of, you know, loading up that defence. Mm. Uh, might have been you. Oh, we've lost him. Um, we'll get back to Matt Rendell. His line has just dropped out on us, but we'll get him to take us through a couple of his major points from each game. Uh, a couple off the text. Alex, that guy on Hutcho's show put your shower thoughts segment down the drain again, Sam. I like what you've done there. I see what you Pardon the pun. That last little bit I did was supposed to be a shower thought, but I just was short on time, so I didn't have time to play the opener. But that did occur to me in the shower as well, making the comparison between our score review system using the people that used to bob up on Unsolved Mysteries, claiming they had proof of Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and UFOs. Um, They're the people we're using in the arc at the moment, and we're using their equipment too by the looks of it. Um, That Liam Pickett guy. Oh, can you tell that one to Pickers, JK? Alex has called him Liam Pickett. Uh, Liam Pickering. And it was actually Hutchie that put it down most of all, the shower segment. Uh, It's all in good fun, though. Sammy, can you give a shout-out to my under-13 Budrum Blizzard side? Lost to GF, 2-1 Heroes. Um, Yeah, absolutely, Cam on the sunny coast. We thank you for that. Matty Rendell's back. Hello, mates. Yep. Sorry about that, Matty. I don't know what you called in, but I just was giving credit to the coaches and the coaching staff and all the people for making football extremely watchable again, and it's been borne out by the crowds going back, particularly the second half of the year. I know they got comfortable in COVID, but uh, they'll keep going in droves if uh, they play the sort of footy. Every club plays the sort of footy that's been mm. played at the moment. Just a couple of points from you um, mm. on each game. So Brisbane and yep. Richmond, um, just a shootout, just yep. incredible. Uh, we don't often get two teams in, in week one of the finals kicking 100 points each, but we did. What stood out to you? Yeah, look, uh, well, both teams played, as they had all year, high-scoring. Um, Brisbane, um, Lockie Neal winning clearances, mm. Richmond being arrogant and overconfident about not doing anything about Lockie Neal. They got beaten by what they knew, uh, lost their Ruckman Brisbane, get dominated by Nankervis and still lose the clearances, please. Um Aaron Riddled Richmond, attention to detail, and they've lost another game this year, which this is mirrored their season. They've lost a game which they shouldn't have lost. And I reckon it would be at least half a dozen of them. Yeah, they, so they need to... I think them and Melbourne at one stage had the most last quarter leads in the competition, but uh, the Tigers have lost, I think it's six or seven through the year, having final term leads. There's a... There's a difference between like confident in your your team's ability and what you're doing and about it, and then being arrogant and not thinking you have to put a player on or plan for Lockie Neal. 
who was the bloke who was going to hurt you most around the clearances. I was just staggered. But, you know, they tried to put... And then they go and try and put uh, Marlon Pickett on him, Marlon Pickett, who's played on the wing all year, never tagged anyone in his life. He had no idea what he was doing. He didn't know how to play on him. Uh, they got they got their right whack, Richmond. Yeah, the, the, look, a lot of people want to point to the, the score review and, and what unfolded there, but... Tom Lynch could have kicked that goal. They made the and, and, right decision, Sammy. Yeah, just the way they just get the right there, those are the issue, though, Matty. Yeah, look. It, yeah, it, I got, no, I agree with I, I totally agree with all that, but at least you know the right decision got yeah. made. Chuck some sensors on top of the post, do whatever you need to do, pay the money to get a good system and, and put this to bed, because I think we're sick of it. Yeah. But that, but five and, defenders on the last line of defence not being able to stop Joe Danaher, I, I reckon. Oh, will. unbelievable. Yeah. That and, won't and sit Joe, well. who was fed income insipid the whole game decides yeah, I won't even go for the mark he didn't want to go for the mark because there was too many players involved and he sits there as a front he's a 205 centimetre small forward <laughs> Joe this is disappointing uh, Swans in Melbourne yeah. well Swans played like they played all year pressure yeah pressure pressure they had over 300 in a game in the first quarter against the Swans unheard of never seen before 300 Mm. Pressure rating. And Melbourne absorbed it, though. Uh, that was a fascinating part, Matty. Melbourne were able to absorb Melbourne it with clean it. hands and contested wins. Yep. It was fascinating. And and, and uh, the other thing about Sydney, very even across the park. Yeah. Uh, they've got everyone standing there. They've got everyone playing, basically. Yep. Which, when they're at their best, their best 22 are out there. And that's happened over a lot of years. When they get injuries, like a couple of years ago, they were no good. Um, so... And, and the game plan where they sped up. So that game they played against Richmond where they had the, the bag, you know, it was the lowest scoring game ever, I think. Uh, up in Sydney and Hardwick bagged them and they, you know, went back yeah. and forth. They changed their game plan during that COVID to try and go quicker. They got a great bunch of young kids. They had to go quicker. Great move of Blakey to half back. Makes them go quicker. Yeah. And uh, they, were, they were just too much pressure. And Melbourne, same problems they've had all year. Can't score. Can't score mm. forwards. Forwards not forward and too reliant on too few, too reliant on Petrarca, Gorn, uh, Oliver, May and, and Lever. Maybe a Fritch, uh, you know, May and Lever back and, and, a, and maybe a picket forward. Not enough contributors. That's been, been Melbourne's problem all year. Well, not the first eight or nine rounds, but certainly the second half of the year. Not enough contributors. Um, and, you know, they, they haven't had a success problems in their forward line score. Do they look as fit to you this year? Uh, I mean, I know they've had some injuries, Mel, but do they seem as fit to you as well, they did last year under Darren Burgess? No. No. Well, he's a genius, hmm. and he's the best in probably the world, not just the country. And he had them running on top of the ground last year. No one could no one could keep up with them. Cats and uh, pies, Matty. Cats and pies. Sorry, bit off. Yeah. Oh well, that was just a that, that was just a high pressure game. I mean, look, it could have gone either way. The change in Cats' game plan allowed them to win. They wouldn't have won that over the last few years. They just had a bit more experience, a bit more knowledgeable. But Collingwood were brave. They were exciting. They were daring, mm. as they've been all year. Oh, they were, they were so good to watch. Game to watch. You couldn't take your eye off it, could you? And they found themselves in unfamiliar territory. They were 12 points up, sort of midway, or, you know, into the last term. And they're not used to being there. Yeah. Um, and the Cats did a Collingwood no, on Collingwood. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, no, it was. I mean, you know, take your hat off everyone who contributed that day. It was just, it was just brilliant. Yeah, Cameron. It was, it was 
Phenomenal. outstanding. And Freo, Bulldogs, well, I thought the Bulldogs had beat Freo. I just saw way the numbers in the midfield. In the first quarter and a half, I'm going, well, this is exactly how I thought it would turn out. Mm. And once again, Bulldogs did what they've been doing all year. They turned their toes up. Too reliant on too few. And Freo just kept coming. And, um, you know, some of them had their... Uh, season best games like Sonny Walters in the forward line who really basically yep. only forward Sarong but um, they yeah. found ways and Sarong and, uh, yeah. and Brayshaw have been carrying the load all year yeah two young kids carrying the load all year and they just stepped up and all those numbers of Bulldogs forwards uh, midfield just couldn't get it done and uh, they are a disappointment uh, they need to fix up their defence it's just not right there's no run out of there the, the key defenders aren't quite good enough um, yeah, they, they can fix it because they got uh, the unicorn who could be anything up forward in uh, Darcy. Yeah, uh, they might end up putting uh, next year putting uh, Norton back, which will certainly shore up their defence. But they need a couple of runners out of defence because um, they sadly lack uh, that at the moment. The, yeah, that's interesting, uh, isn't it? We, we, uh, we don't have even time. Yeah, done a super job. Don't have a bit of time left, Matty, yep. but the Norton one, people say that's put to bed now because of where he finished in the Coleman, where he finished in contested marks, and they say, no, no, it's not even an argument anymore, he's a key forward. But look at his second half of the year. Do the breakdown of numbers on his first half of the year as a key forward and his second half, and just see where he ranks in the second half of the year as a key forward. I, I, I tend to be with you. I, I'm thinking his first year, it was his 100th game on the weekend, his first year he was fourth in their best and fairest playing centre-half back. I think now, if you're bringing Lob in and you've got Darcy and you've still got Bruce there and you've got these other pieces, uh, Jamar Eugle Hagen. Eugle Hagen. Sorry, I didn't even mention Jamar Eugle Hagen. So I, I, I'm still in the camp that I, I think he'll you've be a better centre half back. You've got plenty of mids, but you haven't got many defenders. Yeah, yeah, oh, no doubt. Well, he was a key back as a kid. Well, I, I was shocked he ended up being such a good forward. Uh, he was a gun key back. So. I think they need to shore up their defence. Uh, there's uh, just not enough class in there. Uh, they need to find a uh, running back or two, Bulldogs, and they've they've had a poor year. They should yeah. have been a lot further up. Matty, I've got to get to an ad break, but have you got just an early tip? So yeah. Melbourne and Brisbane on Friday night. Um, well, I think Melbourne will rebound. I just heard Petrarca is okay, which is important. Maybe they lose one or two others, but they've got good depth. Uh, the case has been great, so I think Melbourne will win that. Um, they've got a shocking record, Brisbane, at MCG. Yeah, 2014, the last win. So, yep. And Collingwood, well, if they bring, if Collingwood bring the same heat that they brought to Geelong, well, Freo won't be able to handle that. The intriguing thing is Justin Lombie has set up this defence for Collingwood. He knows it inside and out, so he might be able to break it down. We haven't seen anyone do it yet, but if anyone's going to break it down, it'll be Fremantle and Justin Longmuir. We know one thing's for certain, that if they do lose Collingwood, there won't be any players dropping to the deck uh, after the game. Um, Matty, thanks so much, mate. We'll speak to you soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> thanks, Matty. See you, mate. Uh, he's a good man, Matt Rendell. Always a fantastic and fascinating viewpoint uh, on the way that footy's being played and on the games that have been played uh, in an extraordinary week one of finals. So Friday night on AFL Nation SEN, you'll hear uh, Brisbane, uh, Melbourne and Brisbane, and then Saturday night will be Collingwood and Freo, all from the MCG. We'll wrap up the Sporting Capital on the other side of this. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. 
Uh, BP's up with the first serve. Massive day for Australia with Nick Kyrgios and Isla Tomjanovic getting through to quarterfinals. So don't miss uh, this week's edition of the first serve. A couple of texts that I haven't got to. Uh, we'll finish up with uh, Villain. Buddy for not shaking hands before the game. Um, that's from Michael. Michael, I don't have any issue with the not shaking hands before the game. After the game, I'd have an issue with it. Before the game... I don't. Doesn't really worry me. But I'm a bit old. I mean, I we didn't shake hands before a game when I played footy, and I don't, people do it now. I know the players are a lot closer, but it is a final. He knew that May was going to come for him physically during the game, and just didn't want to get himself in a mindset, buddy, of you know giving anything over. So uh, yeah, no issue with that. Um, that's pretty common, uh, I reckon. Uh, you have more chance of winning a Nobel Prize for literature, hot dogs, Hargraves, and Ginevan. I don't know where this hot dogs comes from. Mario and Maslin Beach. Then Ginevan ever will of getting another free kick. Um, I don't know any writing, so yeah, I'll, I'm never going to win a Nobel Prize for literature. I don't write anything. Hero Ryan Burl of Zimbabwe, uh, five for ten, helping his nation get its first ever win in Australia. That's a great nomination that's come through from AG for a hero and villain. Interesting, interested in your thoughts of insufficient intent. Pies copped a few howlers on Saturday. That really shifted the momentum in the Cats' favour. Jeremy Howe in the first quarter was a shocker. Yeah, I think it's a rubbish rule. It's ridiculous. It's not insufficient intent. It's insufficient skill. You can miss kick, slew off the side of the boot, break even further right or left, and you'll still get pinged. So it's insufficient skill now. And just bring in last touch, and we can all be done with it. Uh, anyway, first serve up next. Have a ripping night. Speak to you next uh, tomorrow night. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91